Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in. Okay, well, welcome to Crooner's Corner, the inaugural episode with Dakota Theme. It's an honor. <laughs> I am your co-host, Marley Williams. I'm the other co-host, Charlie Williams. <laughs> <laughs> We're coming at you from Portland, Oregon, mm-hmm. uh, about a week and one day after the attempted coup. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> one day after the second impeachment mm-hmm. of Donald Trump and about... Ten months into the pandemic, so it's kind of a crazy time. We're and off to a good start with the new year. <laughs> so we're grateful that Dakota was willing to stop by yes. amidst all this and Happy chat with here. us. Yeah, it's it's great to see you. I know. It's, it's been, been a long time. Forever. And we were talking, I was trying to remember last time we saw you, and it was at a show in yeah. Port Alice, which is... February 29th, I think. One of the last shows yeah. uh, we've oh, really? ever been to. We've been to. Yeah. I thought, when was the show at Bunk Bar? Uh, that was before then. January 10th, oh, okay. so almost exactly a year ago. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And, and was that your, that was, was that the, the release show? Yeah, so that's when the album came out, and then we played another show at Music Millennium later that month, and then the one in Corvallis with you guys, uh-huh. and that was our last show, and then mm-hmm. like two weeks later, all of a sudden... The, yeah. uh, the NBA got canceled and Tom Hanks had COVID and then <laughs> those the world were the was the same. Yeah. That was totally, it's funny, those are the two big yeah. ones for like so many people. It's like when Tom Hanks yeah. got yeah. it, everyone was just like, fuck. Yeah. Okay. So, not great timing to release an album. Yeah. Did you have big kind plans? Kind of unfortunate timing. I didn't even really I had a crystal ball. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But yeah, so... What plan? Obviously, tons of plans have changed. But what is what plans did you have in mind that you had kind of had to reevaluate or change um, course? Yeah, we well, we so we released the album January tenth, and then we had some shows lined up, and we were gonna go, we were gonna play a few shows up in Seattle mm-hmm. in like April, I think, for like the end of March, early yeah. April. I think we had like two or three shows booked up there, Damn. and then those all got canceled pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, well, also, Washington was, like, one of the first places that was bad. Yes, yeah. Like, they had, like, the first... They were one of the first places, I feel like. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Yeah, and then... Yeah, so, that was pretty disappointing, but, um... Mm-hmm. You know, we we were hoping to be able to play again in the summer, because, you know, at first, when COVID hit, it was like, yeah. oh, this is, like, a two-week thing or something. Right. Yeah. Here we <laughs> still are, you know? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we were hoping to play... Um, there was this guy that, that I met that his name was Messimer. His mm-hmm. band name was Messimer. Cool. And he was, he booked like a little mini tour, like in Seattle. He had like shows in Seattle and then, uh, San Francisco and like Las Vegas. And we were going to go on a few wow. dates with him too. Um, but that didn't work out obviously. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, we, we had some shows. You had a bunch of shit going on. It sounds like. So yeah. To stop. Ah, damn. But. Yeah. Well, so since kind of your all the plans you had for the album have kind of been put on hold, let's talk uh-huh. about the album. Yeah. yeah. As if it, you know. Yeah. It's, it's assuming that it's kind of still in its release period since, you know, yeah. Yeah, things infinite. have, this year has kind of just been a black hole. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I have a ton of questions about the album. Sure. So those songs were written after college or during college? Um,. Pretty much all of them were after college. Yeah, because I feel like I now didn't hear any like when we were hanging out in yeah. Eugene, those weren't the songs. Yeah, you know, like those must have all come when you moved back home. 
Yeah, exactly. I my like final term in college, I I went to Spain for a oh, few right. months. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I that was that was literally the last term in college for mm-hmm. me. And so I came home and I moved back in with my parents, and I was like, all right, now what? You know? <laughs> yeah. So I just and I didn't really want to like go get a job or anything mm-hmm. right away so I yeah started I writing songs and and I think the first Ooh. one I wrote was Waiting on the Rain okay yeah 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 and great song yeah thank you mm-hmm. just and pause that's our wiener dog Danny in the background squealing so yeah <laughs> you <laughs> might be hearing that periodically throughout the pod anyway continue, continue. yeah um, so yeah that was the first one I wrote and then um, I thought like hey this is this is pretty good I, maybe i'll keep writing more songs and then uh i can't remember what the next one was but i basically wrote the whole album over the next year or so yeah fruitful um, a fruitful time songwriting yeah. wise yeah you know, definitely not often you're able to find and the songs are cohesive such a cohesive sound you know thank you throughout the album it's uh it's uh just a cool thing when that happens you know yeah um so I know you recorded Better On Said mm-hmm. at a studio, mm-hmm. and then you recorded the rest of it on your own. Is that how it was? Or were any of the other songs studio? Um, yeah, we did Better On Said um, with some friends at a studio, and then, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, all the but the rest of them were basically just at my house, and Ben, Ben right. Bilotti, Ben Bilotti. Ben Bilotti's house. <clears throat> Guitar player. Guitar player in mm-hmm. the band. Um um so so when you started doing the album on your own did you think about re-recording better unsaid or did you just like like that version so much you didn't want to change um, it yeah that's a good question um i never really thought about redoing it mm-hmm. uh and that was kind of the the funny thing i questioned when i was like compiling the album is like uh-huh does this song like sound way better production quality uh-huh. than the yeah. rest of the songs like mm-hmm. it is is that gonna sound kind of funky mm-hmm. on right. on an album with mm-hmm. like i don't know but i think it works it like, totally works and the way it's mixed i feel like the guy who mixed it um uh, mike kirkendall he did a great job he actually but... didn't mix better on said though oh so the jason did that one? yeah yeah okay cool. exactly yeah. um and you kept that mix. Yeah. And he just did the rest of them. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. And yeah. th- there's all, was it eight track recording or four track? Like what were you? Um, it was all Pro Tools actually. Oh really? Yeah. For some reason I thought it was you guys were doing like four track reel to reel type shit. Yeah. Um, well he, I think he like, he mastered Better Unsaid on a, on like some kind of tape machine. Okay. Tape machine, Neat. But, Neat. But yeah. Uh, yeah. All of it was just done really, I used like. Well, besides Better On Set, all of it was done just in Pro Tools, and mm-hmm. I used, like, three mics on the whole thing. as really That's cool. basic. So, um, for the drums, I know you played drums on the record. Did you record those first, or did you do the guitar parts first, and then you did the drums underneath? Um, usually I would start with drums. Yeah. I would just, like, record a Would you just play the song from your head? No, mm-hmm. I would, like, record a scratch track of me with my guitar okay, singing. Yeah. Uh-huh. But you'd never hear that on the record. That's uh-huh. just kind of what I based it off of. Then I played drums to that and just uh-huh. build it up from there. Nice. Cool. So. Yeah, and then, so I guess, since it's a singing podcast, um, were there any songs that were specifically memorable recording the singing? The singing? 
Oh, that's a good question. Or maybe ran into something you didn't expect, a difficulty, or maybe something was easier than you thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, I mean, the last song on the album, Don't Forget to Love Me When You're Gone, mm-hmm. I, I maybe it's just because it was the last one I recorded, but I seem to remember that mm-hmm. the most, I guess. Really? <clears throat> yeah. Um, which was kind of a unique one because I didn't record a demo at all for that song. Uh-huh. I just kind of like went for it and yeah. that was the final version. Mm-hmm. And is that song just piano and you? Or is it it's, I forget? It's me singing and p- playing piano and then Alex plays bass and then Ben on guitar. Okay. And, okay. and he plays uh, pedal steel on it. Oh yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. <laughs> he, that's a He's a great player. He's a really himself, cool but... really cool guitar player. Yeah. Well, what's the story? Yeah. <laughs> I mean it's uh is this a pedal steel mm-hmm. podcast? Can we... <laughs> <laughs> Let's no, not get into that. <laughs> no, that is kind of a cool story, but for another time. Yeah. yeah. I don't even know what pedal steel is. <laughs> um, Dakota. Yeah, it's like a it's 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 a pretty common in like country music and like I think there's like Hawaiian music that has it, but it's like right. just a. I don't know, it's hard to describe. It's like a nine-string instrument, I think, and okay. it's like a I know what it sounds table, like. Okay. You know? Yeah. It's that classic yeah. That's country, what I'm one. Classic sound, okay. baby. kind of a sound. Yeah. <laughs> Is that different from a steel guitar? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And then wow. there's like sl- there's like lap steel, right? Yeah. Which is one you just lay on your lap and you yeah. go like this, but pedal steel is like the full thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, and there's like foot pedals and like uh-huh. knee levers and stuff. And it's you you slide. Pretty intricate. Wow. Yeah. You play like this. So when did you decide to incorporate that instrument into the song? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Ben, I'll just tell the story at this Sorry, point. Sorry, <laughs> we're really forcing the pedal steel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Ben just had always wanted to play that, learn that instrument, and mm-hmm. he found one on Craigslist for like not, you know, it wasn't that expensive. And yeah. um, he was, he, he asked me like, should I buy this? He wanted to buy either a new guitar or the pedal steel and I talked him into the pedal steel. Yeah. Um, just because it sounded cool. Yeah. And he like didn't know how to play it at all. And I took him, I drove him to pick it up. He got it on Craigslist mm-hmm. and we, we took it back to his house and he, he was messing around with it. And then like probably within like a week or two of him just messing around on it. He, he just like taught himself how to play it. And, mm-hmm. and, and just like, we just, we were just, we just decided to put that on that song. And it was it a good choice. Well, so. Definitely. Yeah, thanks. I think um, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. You think that's something maybe in the future you'll do more of? More pedal steel? Yeah. Cause I, like, Pink Floyd has used pedal steel in some of their songs. Oh, really? Which is cool. Cause it, obviously they're not like a country band. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've always thought like that instrument in a, in non country yeah. context is pretty cool, you know? Definitely. It's so, a good point. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm like a modest Pink Floyd guy. I really like yeah. them. I just don't, you know, I don't know all the all the cuts. Yeah, yeah. I used to be like obsessed with them. But I know you know the whole comfortably numb guitar solo. Oh yeah, I learned that. I remember, <laughs> dude. That one what was that one friend you had in Eugene that we jammed with a couple of times. Uh, Ian. Ian. Yeah. yeah. I remember when we, <laughs> like, his neighbor like complained or something because oh, we yeah. were just playing like classic rock like, so fucking loud. <laughs> Oh, in his yeah. garage for hours. Those were those were fun, fun times. Yeah, and we ch- fucking shredded comfortably. Yeah. <laughs> it was oh, crazy. Yeah. That was the that was the reason the neighbors called called on them. You would think they would be like, "Holy shit!" They're like, "This guy knows the whole fucking Damn, solo." Rock gods in there. <laughs> it sounds like 
But the David Gilmour. Yeah. He's a cool guitar player. Okay. Um, so, Waiting on the Rain, you said that was the first one you wrote. Yeah. That's a pretty impressive vocal. I thought that was one of your best vocals on the album. Because, oh, you know, you really climb at the at the hook. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah, that's a... That's a Good, good uh, vocal performance on the record for sure, and it's always great live. You always nail it live. Thank you. Um, are yeah. there ever nights where you're like, oh, I don't know if I can hit that weight on the rain note, or you uh, know, it's just you ever think about pretty that? much every night I have that <laughs> fear. Because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's such a moment, like the band drops out, right? Yeah. And then it's like it's just you like hitting the mm-hmm. highest note yeah. in the pretty song much, or whatever. Yeah. Maybe not, but very very impressive to just like kick it up like that and have the spotlight totally be on you um (laughs) yeah it's pretty impressive so like have you always been a singer or um, ever since you were a kid or was it something you kind of discovered you could do later in life well i it's funny like i've always i mean from a super young age i've always just loved music but Mm -hmm. i never really like thought of myself as a singer i guess Mm -hmm. um like, I even, I remember being in, like, middle school and, like, fantasizing about being in a band, but I always kind of thought of myself more as, like, maybe just a guitar player or something. Right. But, um, I think I probably, it wasn't even probably till college times really? when I, like, thought of myself more as a singer, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, pretty much all through high school, too, I thought, I thought of myself more as a guitar player. Mm-hmm. And Asher. Yeah. Asher is the singer. And Asher was was always the singer. Asher. <laughs> um, one of Dakota's old friends. Yeah. Named Asher. Good friend of mine. Good singer. Good singer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good singer. Uh, he, he loves the Stones. Yeah. So big, that's big something Stones that I fan. always appreciate about him. <laughs> yeah. But so I hear your voice, and I think you have a very just like classically good, pleasant voice to oh, listen nice. to. So I mean, you must have known like I can I can you know carry a tune. I can sing. You just didn't envision yourself as like the lead of a band or a performer yeah. a singing performer in that sense yeah exactly yeah mm-hmm. yeah i mean i i i even like i've always loved like vocal harmonies and stuff mm-hmm. and uh i even thought of myself as like maybe i could sing backup but yeah, hit the harmony maybe more of just a guitar player or something but, mm-hmm. but yeah i guess i just started doing it more and and Asher and I went to different colleges, and maybe that's why I started singing more, too. Um, So Asher was your friend you had a high school band with? Uh, We never really had a band, but we would, like, you know, like at parties or whatever, Mm -hmm. or just in social situations, if I had my guitar, we'd sometimes play, and he would sing, Mm -hmm. and I would play with him and sing backup and stuff. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, that kind of a thing. So was it kind of... So you ha- you started writing music, you started writing these songs, mm-hmm. did you just think, well someone has to sing them so it might as well be me, or was it just always kind of you singing them and knowing yeah. you were going to perform them? Well by the time I started writing songs I think I I started to think of myself more as a singer, but yeah. I really didn't even start writing songs until, well the first song I wrote I think I was 18 or something, but mm-hmm. I didn't really start taking it more seriously until college. Mm-hmm. So, right. But so by that time, I'd kind of thought like, well, I, I could probably sing these myself, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Well, I'm trying to think of the first song you showed me. I think it was "Hoping You Walk By." Yeah. <laughs> Is there? That's a good song. You ever think about bringing that back into the 
repertoire? Yeah, I don't know. It's it's I don't like maybe someday. You know, it's funny mm-hmm. to think because that was probably one of the first songs I ever wrote. You know, mm-hmm. but it's funny. That, like I think there's a lot of singers that will do that. Like they'll like later in their career they'll bring back mm-hmm. songs that they like some of the first songs they ever wrote. Yeah, so definitely. You never, you never know, but. Yeah, at this point, I haven't really thought much uh-huh. about it. But, but e- even on that point, you at that point you had such the, like I can see the progression of where these songs, where the last album songs came from, mm-hmm. you know, knowing that because even then you had such a good like melodic sensibility and chord. You would use you know some interesting chords. You want to just do the straight major or minor yeah. chords. You know, you were always trying to figure out a way to throw in a more interesting chord. And that was kind of the first thing I think I noticed about your songwriting. Oh, thanks. Because mm-hmm. uh, at that point, like every band, I think at that point I probably cared more about the Portland music scene, but not a lot of people were doing that. And even still, I don't know how many people are, I don't know. I'm so unaware of what's going on. And now <laughs> there's no scene, obviously. Yeah. But at that point, everyone was just playing really loud, like punk rock, basically, yeah. or it had a punk sensibility and so for someone like you to take basically the totally opposite approach i think is was a it's just a cool cool choice or maybe it wasn't even choice it was just how you felt you know yeah well it's it's funny too that you mentioned that because um i mean it's always just kind of been what i've been interested in Mm -hmm. making um but i've always like i've only really been playing live for like a couple years now and Mm -hmm. like in bars in portland or whatever yeah um it it, i always felt a little bit self-conscious because of that just because Mm -hmm. it felt like i didn't fit into the scene here yeah yeah totally so i always wonder like do people will people like this Mm -hmm. here you know yeah and i think uh, there's more and more it's like obviously things are constantly changing the way people what people want or whatever but mm -hmm. i think just classically good songwriting is always going to be appreciated you know so. what i mean if the songs are good the hope is that people will like them you know someone if they're good someone will like them yeah maybe not everyone but there's going to be someone out there and i think um yeah your music definitely shows that i mean a lot of people i think you you, you achieve so much in the short time you were playing shows you know yeah. so i think that speaks to i think more people are, are maybe even taking notice or like thinking they should do something like that take a step back restrain a little bit you know yeah show some restraint um so you talked about how you always like harmonies mm-hmm. obviously you're a huge beatles fan mm-hmm. um and beach boys another great vocal harmony group one of the best maybe the best you could argue the best yeah that's it um and <laughs> you, you obviously they were they're a huge influence on you um were were they um, one of the bands that made you realize you're like, wow, this is neat how people can layer their voices. Which band? Uh, Beach Boys. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, um, I have to say I, I, I'm a bigger Beatles fan than the Beach Boys, but mm-hmm. I think the Beach Boys, I mean, it's not even a question to me that they their vocal harmonies were way better than the Beatles. <laughs> I mean, the, the I singing on the Beach Boys albums is is pretty next it's, level. Yeah, it's, it's it's gnarly. It's insane. <laughs> and but, one one song specifically, um, I took some notes on it last night because I'd actually never heard this Beach Boys song. Um, um, 
Sorry, what's it? What was it called again? Oh, the one I. Yeah, the one yeah. you sent me. I'm sorry. Uh, it's called warmth the warmth of the sun. Warmth of the sun. Yeah. Just for some context, I looked into the this song. So this was written before Pet Sounds, which is yeah. kind of like. I don't know. I feel like a turning point for the Beach Boys. And apparently this was written on the morning that JFK was assassinated. That's yeah, very interesting. I, I read about that too. Yeah, yeah, so, you know, something to keep in mind if listeners want to listen to the song before mm-hmm. we discuss it. That was kind of the mood that was influencing um, Brian Wilson. And yeah. Mike I think Love. he wrote it with Mike Love. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think Mike, Mike wrote the lyrics and Brian came up with like yeah. the the melody and the chords so i did think i noted that it was a specifically emotional lyric heartbreak heartbreak but Mm -hmm. the the warmth of the sun comforts him yeah um genius (laughs) but anyway i was i was immediately i was like the harmonies are great and that's not you know people think of either pet sounds or the early surfing stuff Mm -hmm. and this is kind of in the middle there I think the instrumentation is still really cool, and it kind of has like a doo-wop thing going yeah. on that song. And that's something you've kind of done a little, the doo-wop thing. Is that yeah. something you have always really been into? Or I mean, it, or is that, I don't know, is that just... Yeah, a, I mean, doo-wop specifically never really... Mm-hmm. I mean, I like it, you know. Right. I, I'll enjoy it if it's playing, but I never like... <laughs> <laughs> I never really like... I don't know if anyone delved into the from our generation is like, doo-wop, yeah. I'm um, going to be a doo-wop. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like you're never bummed, though, when it comes yeah, out. Yeah, I mean, it's, like, yeah. it's really nice, honestly. I mean, it's yeah, it's, it's uh, pleasant music. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, I, it, it's funny. Like, if you... I, I, I tried to, like, coin this new slang term. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really, like, say it, but it's on, like, my Instagram mm-hmm. bio. It's noo-wop. New one. Mm. That's like it's, it's like new I metal. To, yeah, yeah. Something I tried to like describe my music as. Oh, I think that's awesome. Yeah, that's very good. That's apt. Who? Yeah. There's someone else who I think is new up, and we saw Andre. I don't think we've introduced Andre. Andre's in the room. Hello. So that's Andre. He's kind of our resident fact checker. <laughs> but um, <laughs> Andre and I went to see a show with the Doug Fur, the Marry Me Archie band. What is oh, that yeah, band? Always. 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 With all the, the all Oh, bands. yeah, yeah. I think I I've seen like, that band before, I think they're new op. Oh, okay. I can see voice... the Archie song for sure. Yeah, yeah. That, for sure. that's yeah. the only song I remember of that. Yeah. Well, that's, that's fair. <laughs> it's the best one. But I actually think that's... Huh. So what, that's a great term. <laughs> how do you, how do you like, how would you interpret that? Because I'm not sure I even know what it is. <laughs> well, it's, I think it's kind of the sound of her voice. Yeah. It feels like something out of, you know the 50s like a girl group you know 50s girl group and it's um kind of dreamy it's dreamy it's kind of higher but also has a lot of power to it um but i don't know i'd be interested in exploring new op as a i think you yeah genre it's a a great great title i should push that one a little bit i think you might have to get it um what's that trademark trademark (laughs) (laughs) you never know you never know you should just start trademarking shit you never know <laughs> just seeing what happens yeah it's it. like who yeah. knows maybe you'll be it'll pay off in the long run maybe yeah you well, never know you could be the start of a new music new movement 
Just constantly trademarking pop. different genres. <laughs> the, the newest Portland music yeah. trend. As long as you just, it's N-U with an umlaut over it. Right now it's N-U without that, so maybe I should upgrade it. Makes it edgier. Does the umlaut make something edgier? I don't know. It makes it more metal. It makes it more Husker do. Metal new Um... Can we pause so I can get some more of my beverage? Yeah, definitely. Go for it. And then we can continue talking. I'll, in- I'll talk to I'll talk to Andre. I'll introduce who Andre is. He's um, my lover. Marley's Marley's partner. Um, Extraordinary. <laughs> and he's fact checking for us. And he's kind of the the Artie Lang. He's third Mike. <laughs> he's you. Artie Lang mixed with Andy Richter. From Conan. Wait, did we figure out what the the woman's name from the Howard Stern? Robin. Robin. Robin that's right. Yeah, Robin. I knew that. Yeah, I know. She's great. So you you listen to a little Howard Stern? Yeah, every once in a while. Fuck yeah, dude. I kind of have mixed <laughs> feelings about him, honestly. But. Me too. <laughs> I like God. He's sometimes a controversial guy. He is. I feel dirty sometimes. Yeah, I know. From listening to him, but yeah, there's. I watched this whole for a brief period I was into the saga of Artie Lang where I just listened to like his downward spiral from like 2005 <laughs> to when he got kicked off the show yeah it was a total waste of my time I wasted like 15 hours <laughs> listening to but it was crazy yeah anyway this is a tangent but <laughs> Howard Stern show I'm a fan I mean he gets <laughs> some really good info out of people but mm-hmm. he always just asks he just has to be like Dirty. Yeah, he has to ask them about their okay. penis. Yeah, <laughs> you can't pass up a chance to talk about his penis. Yeah, I mean, I respect that. If I've actually, I don't think I've ever listened to a Howard Stern interview. Uh-huh. But I respect that he. Uh, but I've, I've like heard about the conversations he gets out of people, and I respect that. Uh, you know, he's able to get pretty juicy stuff out of. Oh yeah. Celebrities who are usually pretty guarded. <laughs> yeah, it's watching how he does it. He was on um, Conan, not Conan. Um, Colbert like last year and he's talking about Trump because Trump was on the show a lot back in the day and like on one of the episodes he's talking he asked Donald what the perfect woman he's like what do you think is the perfect woman and he's like the real most beautiful women are not celebrities and he's like so Angelina Jolie he's like seven uh, and then he goes, he's like, you want to know who's a 10? My daughter, Ivanka. Oh, She's God. A ten. Uh, yes. Everyone knows that, but I was... Like, he's gone on multiple talk shows talking about how much he thinks his own daughter is what like, a... the hottest girl ever. It's like, <laughs> what a bizarre thing to say. That in itself should have prevented you from ever becoming president. No, yeah. There's so many things. There's so many things, but yeah. that's definitely one of them. Calling your daughter, you know, it was really the hottest girl. Yeah. It was my daughter. What did he say on The View? He's like, if she wasn't my daughter, I'd be dating her. <laughs> or something like that. Oh my gosh. Come on. That wasn't a bad Donald. That was, good. That was pretty good. That was good. Thanks. <laughs> We've all probably gotten, we all could probably pull out a Donald. We've you heard a lot of Donald. I don't know, I don't think I could do that one. <laughs> Here's a question. Do you think Donald Trump can sing? Has Ooh. anyone ever heard him sing? I don't think so. I'm just going to give that a pretty <laughs> confident no. <laughs> I don't think you can not. do anything. He doesn't like He can't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> I don't believe like he has any talent at anything. I'd be shocked, at least. Yeah. He just doesn't seem like that type of uh, personality. Yeah, I, I 
I would guess no. He's really good at getting impeached twice. <laughs> He's the best. Yeah. Best he really is. Yeah. Nobody gets impeached like Donald Trump. Huge impeachment. <laughs> Ziggy, you're annoying me. Yeah, we have two dogs in here. Not recommended. Two dogs. Yeah. <laughs> Not recommended for podcasts. Podcasting protest. Danny's on my lap. Okay, And Ziggy is right by it, staring at Danny. <laughs> Okay. Back to the beach. Let's get boys. back to the music. Back yes. to the tunes. So, kind of what Charlie and I envision for this podcast is to bring a singer on. We talk about their music. We talk about their singing journey, and then we talk about two art or one or two artists that influence them, their, mm-hmm. whose voice they love, or whose voice just kind of has always stuck with them, or yeah. whose voice they emulate. Anything, mm-hmm. and so. It could be anything. Yeah, or even it could be someone whose voice you don't like, you know, yeah. just any type of like voice. Donald Trump. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that you just want to kind of chat about, and you feel like there's some rich stuff for us to dig into. So Dakota, you brought in two artists, the Beach Boys, which yes. we've kind well, of started to talk about. Specifically Brian Wilson. Of course, right? Yeah. Specifically <laughs> Brian Wilson. So let's talk about Brian Wilson first, yeah. and then we'll get into the second yeah. artist you brought in. Okay. So. Do you remember the first time you heard a Beach Boys song or a Brian Wilson song? Because I feel like the Beach Boys are definitely something for me. It's like I just grew up and they were kind of always in the background, you know, and so it wasn't until I kind of got older that I could kind of appreciate the artistry and, Uh you know, like the historical significance of the band and see them apart from just like hearing them all the time, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I I don't really have like a specific memory in mind when I first heard them, but... um... I just remember hearing their songs a lot growing up. Like, mm-hmm. my dad's a big Beach Boys fan. Oh, cool. Um, but I feel like, you know, the the dad's version of the Beach Boys is, at least my dad's, I guess, maybe not all dad's, but is mm-hmm. more of kind of the earlier stuff, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, cars and yeah. girls Safari. and beaches and stuff. Fun, <laughs> fun, Which, I love all those songs, I mean. Yeah. But, um, but what really, like got me interested in brian wilson was like pet sounds and mm-hmm. hearing mm-hmm. about that air that time period and how he made that album and yeah it, that's just like that's just incredible stuff yeah you know? that's, <laughs> it's it really is to this day i don't think a ton of stuff has matched that yeah. level of recording yeah and just doing crazy shit with it you know yeah it's um, insane i mean but but specifically about Brian Wilson's uh, singing, I've, like, I just love that falsetto that he has, you know? Like, yeah. It's so good. Yeah, he's, match. like, sings, he sings in that way all the time, but it's yeah. it's not, like, weak or anything, you know? It's mm-hmm. almost like you think it's, like, his just full voice, but he's he's really high. Yeah. He sings super high. He's, <clears throat> I actually didn't know, embarrassingly, until recently that he, like, was the lead singer of the Beach Boys. Yeah, For I mean, reason, I thought Mike it was Love. Mike. Yeah, Mike they, Love. They both did, but uh-huh. but yeah, I mean, I kind of thought Mike Love was like the the one. Yeah, and Brian was. I think Mike wrote most of the lyrics on a lot of their hits. Sure. Mm. Okay. Not on Pet Sounds, but uh-huh. like on a lot of their earlier stuff. I think he did most of the lyrics, and and Brian would come up with the arrangements and the like the song, the song itself, the melodies and everything. Mm-hmm. But, um, but no, I mean, I. That that falsetto is just like mm-hmm. earth shattering mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. It's like so you feel good. it in your heart. Yeah, wouldn't it be nice? I feel like I've never gotten a ticket of that song. Oh yeah, having heard it, 
countless times. I, I always, always love that song. Yeah. Yeah. Um, have you seen the movie, The Brian uh, Wilson? Oh, yeah. Love and Mercy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I've Did seen you like it a few it? times. Yeah, I like it a lot. Yeah, we never we haven't watched it, but I I've, oh, really? I've seen it. Oh, you watched it? Yes, uh, I saw it in theaters. I'd recommend oh, I'm it. Sorry. Yeah. Um. There's a guy. I saw a clip though of Paul the when Paul Dano, the younger Brian Wilson in the mm-hmm. movie, he's doing. <clears throat> um. Gosh, I'm blanking on God only knows. I think. Yeah. On just him and a piano, and he did a great job. It's yeah, like really and it's cool actually him be- singing it. I yeah, think, too. he's like nails it. Maybe yeah. I should have chose Paul Dano. <laughs> Paul Dano. <laughs> it's singer. like uh, Joaquin Phoenix. That yeah. was my that was my exposure to Johnny Cash. So I yeah I'm used to Joaquin Phoenix. Johnny Cash, <laughs> <not> <laughs> <real> Johnny Cash. <laughs> I expect to hear Joaquin. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Pat called Joaquin Joe Joaquin one. Yeah. <laughs> it's an understandable mistake. Joaquin. <laughs> Joaquin phone. But I just feel like he's so famous that how could you make it that long without? Yeah. Ziggy, you're being so annoying. Uh, wait, so did you name him Ziggy because your name is Marley? Is <laughs> no, he. So we're talking about our dog Ziggy, who's a. Yeah, Sorry to change the subject. Who's a weagle. <laughs> we call him a weagle because he's a whippet and beagle mix. And actually, we adopted him, and the adoption agency named him Ziggy. Oh, and we just, just we liked that, we so we stuck with him. Oh, okay. But Ziggy Marley mm-hmm. does cool. work. That's yeah. funny. And Ziggy David Bowie, Ziggy Stardust. Oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. That's true. He's a legacy of great, Ziggy. great Ziggy. recording Ziggy. artists. Is there, is there <laughs> anyone named Ziggy that... Isn't cool. Yeah, I know. You just hard not to. It's like that comic, that old comic strip back in the day. Yeah. Yeah, that's about it. He was just kind of a nice guy too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's cool too. Being nice, the nice guys don't finish last always. Yeah. Keep that in mind, Andre. <laughs> you fact checking that? Do nice guys? No, I'm looking up. Do nice guys shirt. always finish last? Charlie wants to know. Dude. Oh wow! And now Ziggy's humping Charlie's leg. Oh jeez, what is going on? Can you stop? We're not even talking about Marvin Gaye yet. Yeah, but that is the perfect transition. I was waiting for the transition. I was like, all right, how are we going to get from Brian Wilson to Marvin Gaye? And Ziggy wants to. This is so unlike you. Feeling in the mood. (laughs) He's just pissed that I'm holding Danny. No, but I feel like we didn't talk about Brian Wilson enough, though. That was. Yeah, Yeah, we don't want to be lopsided. Keep going. Um, Yeah. I really, I honestly don't know that much about Brian Wilson or the Beach Boys. I think a lot of my knowledge probably comes from the movie Love and Mercy that I saw when it came out. I mean, I think I kind of like knew that he struggled with mental illness mm-hmm. and i remember yeah. being surprised when i first learned that because the beach boys music to me sounded so happy um and then i remember the full house episode <laughs> but he's <laughs> not in that oh he's I not no i mean he must have been do you know anything know. about I, the full house episode i don't know why i know that john stamos like has toured with the beach boys yeah. before but i didn't I really recorded with them too oh with really Oh, cool. Really? I think so. Was that one song he has that he sings at the wedding forever? Is oh, I think the... of, isn't that a Beach Boys? Song? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Dennis Wilson sings it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So those are that. I mean, that's kind of my my knowledge of the Beach Boys is Full House, Love and Mercy, <laughs> and, <laughs> and kind of 
I mean, obviously, I've listened to Pet Sounds, obviously. Yeah. You know, but, um, so, I mean, what have you taken away from, Mm -hmm. like, Brian Wilson's performance style or his vocal style? I really, like, I really look up to him as a songwriter first, Mm -hmm. probably, Mm -hmm. and maybe a singer second, but, um, just, like, his ability to craft, like, just... Well, he's like a he's like a classical composer within like a pop music mm-hmm. context, you know, like totally. His the way he like crafts songs is is so crazy. Like mm-hmm. he'll he'll go, you know, he'll like change multiple keys, you know, within one song, mm-hmm. like a 3-minute pop song, he'll he'll like change like he'll change keys like three times, you know, and <laughs> He'll do stuff that no one else. Yeah, no one was really doing. No one can. No one's good enough to actually make it work. I've tried. It's It's like yeah, very hard. You can try and just fucking change key, but it's most likely not gonna sound as cool. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, I looked at his Wikipedia today. I was like, okay, I'll like read a little bit about Brian Wilson before this interview, and even in his like you know Wikipedia, they have like the short bio at the top. They kind Mm. of the short summary. It says. They just call him a genius. Wikipedia <laughs> yeah. just says yeah. right. many consider Brian Wilson a genius. He's one of those guys who's just totally born to do what yeah. he did. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, a lot of a lot of uh, I may have also read this on the Wikipedia page, <laughs> but I think a lot of people refer to him as like the first like outsider, or like you know like outsider music or whatever mm-hmm. like Daniel Johnson that kind of a thing. Mm. Yeah, kind of like the. Uh, I don't know if I should say what I was going to say. <laughs> they both have some mental, you know, yeah, yeah. problems. Is that, that what they injured. mean? Like people who struggle? Is that what Well, I don't know if they mean by an outsider, outsider but they're yeah. both examples of people who definitely struggled with, yeah. you know, mental mental, mental illness. So. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, just as a singer, though, like, I just love his ability to change from just like a normal like, that song the warmth of the sun is mm. a great example because he he goes from um singing just normal range or whatever mm-hmm. to to going to falsetto he, you know he he makes those changes just like in such a yeah beautiful way uh-huh. and he captures like so much emotion in his in his voice yeah when he does that yeah um mm-hmm. even on like some of the uh like California Girls, some of those like early, just surf songs or whatever. Yeah. Like, even though it's not like an emotional song, yeah. there's I feel like he still like, gets his vocals are just like so emotional. Yes. Know? Yes. Totally. Even if it's not like I mean, there's nothing emotional about. Yes, yeah, so like a song girl. about <laughs> he wants to take his dad's car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that totally has that uncanny ability. Yeah. And it's like a one of, again, a one of a kind singer. Oh, yeah. Um, instantly recognizable. Mm-hmm. Super skilled, too. Like like you said, he's able to to change, you know, from regular range to yeah. falsetto and do all that crazy stuff. He sings higher than, like, a guy, guy to men do, really. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he... A lot of those great singers, like Robert Plant, too, they figured out how to, like, you know, stretch mm-hmm. the possibilities, I feel like, of what a man, what a man can do. <laughs> well, know? yeah, it's funny you say that, because I read about how Brian was actually, like, pretty self-conscious 
in mm-hmm. the 60s about always singing mm-hmm. in those falsetto those higher ranges yeah. because like obviously it was a different time you know like people yeah. I think he was fr- he was afraid of being viewed as and this is word for word with the Wikipedia page that I read said <laughs> okay. but he like he didn't want to be viewed as a fairy okay mm-hmm. which was I guess right. a term they used back then to, for someone to like to call someone gay or something. feminine or whatever yeah I heard a you similar know. thing that, um either Elvis or Johnny Cash said it to Roy Orbison Oh, like really? you, no one's gonna like you singing high. Like, yeah. You gotta sing, and now it's like, you gotta, you gotta sing high, baby. Yeah. <laughs> sing it. At least hit a high note. No one, yeah. At least fucking hit a high note. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> I, I don't even know what. But it's just is. so like it's so timeless now. It's so cool yeah. sounding like. It's yeah. It, the recordings still sound really, really. Uh, I don't know if cutting cutting edge is the right word. I guess, but just. They've aged so well. Oh, yeah. They still, like I said, still, that album sounds like one of a kind. It's, yeah. It, it's hard. I'm sure people obviously try and replicate it all the time. You're talking about pet sounds? Yeah, pet sounds. Yeah. It's, people are trying going to try and replicate it, but yeah. it's like, either you got it or you don't. Either you're a real-life genius like Brian Wilson, you can mm-hmm. pull shit like that off, or it's going to be really hard. Yeah. I guess one of the reasons I chose him was I feel like he's he's way more recognized as a songwriter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe yeah. his maybe his singing isn't isn't like like Brian Wilson as a singer. I feel like is not maybe recognized. Yeah, it's as never much discussed. As it should as mm-hmm. should should be because his songwriting is just mm-hmm. so amazing that it like right. overshadows that. But I think he's a super good singer, and I really like his. I mean, just like yeah. insane vocal range mm-hmm. and like yeah, iconic really voice, cool. iconic yeah. voice, iconic insane voice. range, ability to capture a lot of emotion yeah, in his right. voice. It's like all the tenets that you'd want out of what a great singer. It's like yeah. you, you feel it, yeah. you believe him. Technically skilled, you know. What was the other thing? There was a <laughs> just third. Big range. Big uh-huh. range. Technically skilled. Big range. Mm-hmm. You believe him. I believe you, Brian. <laughs> you listening. buy it. Like, you can't, you, you know, like, you say what you will about Brian Wilson. He's definitely the real deal. He's yeah. not faking any. He's the real deal. He's like, uh, yeah. If you're listening, we believe you. <laughs> I b- believe Brian Wilson. Hashtag believe Brian Wilson. And, like, uh, the harmonies, it's, I know you do, you do some harmonies. Oh, yeah, that was another thing I wanted to talk about mm-hmm. is... The, yeah. Just the harmony, because, I mean, that was actually one of the biggest things, I can't believe I didn't mm-hmm. think of that before, but, um, like, just, because he would, he would actually arrange all the harmonies, mm-hmm. he would, like, hear them in his head when he was writing the songs, and so he would, he was literally, like, coaching his brothers, and yeah. Mike Love, you know, they're all, like, family, basically, mm-hmm. he would be, like, coaching them exactly what to sing, he was the one that, like, he, like, Brian Wilson is the Beach Boys, you know. Like, mm. they didn't come up with all yeah. those harmonies. That like that was right. Brian telling mm. them what to sing, you know. He's like oh, instructing each person you what do to do. This, yeah, you do this. and that and, led to some tensions within the group. Do you think? Um, Did people maybe. respect Brian as a leader, or was there some like I want to be the main Beach Boy? Mm-hmm. I um, think Mike Love might have. There might have been a bit of. Yeah, with Mike Love there's it's it's really funny like you can 
There's like videos on YouTube of Brian like just making fun of Mike Love and like <laughs> there's like an like somewhat of a recent interview too where uh-huh. someone asked him about Mike Love and he just straight up says he's like I don't like Mike Love at all. <laughs> he actually says that. Yeah, it's pretty funny. But jeez, <laughs> he's the worst Beach Boy. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I think care the worst is Mike Love the one that would like hang out with Charles Manson. No, Mike? that was Dennis Wilson. Okay. Brian's That's probably brother. the worst Beach Boy, right? Why? Well, I don't know. he didn't know, he, did he? Yeah, I don't think he knew. But well, he was I, a groovy. Charles was a groovy guy. Everyone, <laughs> everyone wanted to hang with Charles. You know, it was LA. It was the 60s. 1960s. Yeah. yeah. You saw yeah. the movie. What Once movie? Upon a Time oh, in yeah. Hollywood. Great movie. Is Dennis Wilson? Dennis Wilson's like in it, isn't he? Is he? Not like himself. Maybe, I think they maybe mention him or something. I feel like, yeah. He's he's around. But yeah, I mean, I think a lot of the tension between Mike Love and Brian Wilson probably came from like, I think, I don't know, I think it probably comes down to just Mike Love being jealous of Brian Wilson's talent, you know, mm-hmm. like, hard not to. Mike be. wrote a lot of the lyrics and stuff, but he never played an instrument, mm-hmm. you know, he mm-hmm. he didn't really like come up with any of the song ideas like right. musically. Yeah. There's probably a lot of tension because he wanted more credit or something. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not like an expert on this or anything, but that's no. what it seems like. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I, I don't know if it's from the movie or what it was, but I there's like he didn't quite get what was going on with Pet Sounds, Mike. Oh yeah. He's yeah. like, I don't what the fuck is this shit? Yeah. <laughs> like let's do surfing. He's like, like, These songs are about drugs, not cars and right. girls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so he's he, you know hard not to get a little jealous probably in that situation yeah. but I've heard Mike Love is I've heard from multiple people that yeah. they don't like Mike Love so. well and he like loves Trump too oh, now. Really? there you go so uh, yeah he I like that Brian Wilson doesn't Mike Love uh, tours under the name the Beach Boys without Brian Wilson or anyone it's literally only Mike Love and like other people and mm-hmm. they tour as the Beach Boys Oh. And they, like, I think in the last year they were supposed to play at some, like, um, it was like a, like, trophy hunting, like, oh, no. event or something. Oh. They were supposed to, like, perform there, I think. Mm-hmm. And Mike, or I mean, uh, Brian Wilson, like, was, he was, like, very outspokenly against that and stuff. And he's like, how dare you use the Beach Boys name for this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, Maybe I remember hearing about this. Yeah. yeah. And then I think Mike Love, like, played it. Some Trump thing at some point. Oh my god. <laughs> my yeah. dirty dog. Oh. You dirty dog. Well, at least we had time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so, isn't he related to the basketball player, Kevin Love? Yeah, I think Mike like Love is grandpa. Kevin Love's uncle, maybe. Oh, uncle? I yeah. Think. So, I mean, he's... So, I've people don't... This is a tangent. Not related to singing at all. Kevin Love, people don't like him. And I've heard negative things about Runs him. in the family, it sounds like. Yeah, he's from, like, Oswego, you know, and just, like, a, I'm not shitting on, like, Oswego. It's, like, such an easy target. But Matt, my best friend, says Kevin Love was really nice to him growing up. How do they know each other? Well, like, Oswego, they, you know, uh, it's kind of a small community. Yeah. So, Matt, yeah, Matt's met. Kevin Love. I feel like if your last name is Love, yeah, you, you better should probably be nice to people. Body it. <laughs> well, we were just talking about a math teacher that was really mean. Marley didn't know. Was yeah. it four times six? 
Yes, I don't know my multiplication tables. We learned last night, like, she really doesn't know them. I know you can do them. If you gave me about ten minutes to think about it. Wait, wait, I'm sorry, I missed the connection to this. (laughs) There's no connection. There's not. There's a math teacher in high school named Mrs. Love, who was really mean to me. That makes sense. And one time she called me, and I just didn't know what six times four was. (laughs) Which is really stupid. I'll acknowledge that. But there was pressure on me, and she just would not let up. And she just kept fucking pushing me to say what six times yeah, four Yeah, she was. would, like, cold Dang, call you, and she wouldn't let you. Nice. She it was, wouldn't it let was you humiliating. Move. Yeah. And as a 16-year-old, that can be pretty Who doesn't know what six times four is? It's pretty fucking humiliating. <laughs> well, you know, you did your doing. Math is overrated. I think so. I'm I mean, doing okay without knowing what six times four is. You're doing a lot better than me, and I know my multiplication tables. It shows you it doesn't really matter. Okay. Yes. But yeah, uh, I, I think I said what I wanted to say about Brian Wilson yeah. for now. Great. So. He's no. a great guy. I'm glad he stood up for his tunes and told yeah. me I love to Fuck off. give him the old yeah. shove it right <laughs> up where you can't throw the sun, don't shine. No. <laughs> so Marvin Gaye is the other singer yeah. we were going to talk about. Um, universally loved. I would say. I mean, one of the best to ever do it. I listened to What's Going On Last Night in preparation. Classic. The album as yeah. a whole. The album the as a whole. Yeah. Um, I do want to specifically talk about that song, though. Um, but, uh... Silence my phone. I think Marvin Gaye is another one, kind of like the Beach Boys for me, where I think growing up, you hear songs everywhere. You hear Ain't No Mountain High Enough. Yeah. Is that the song? Ain't yeah. No, yeah, Ain't No Mountain High Enough. I have this distinct memory. I think the first time I'd ever really heard a Marvin Gaye song was in a movie with awesome Eddie Murphy. Oh. Do you remember this movie? He's a spy. Eddie Murphy's a spy. And he's either singing Sexual Healing or Let's Get It On. I Spy? <laughs> with Owen Wilson? Uh, <laughs> Maybe it's I Spy with Owen Wilson. I feel like I know what you're talking about. But and there's a scene where he's singing some called. Marvin Gaye song. He's like lip syncing it or something. You sure it's Eddie? I think so. Yeah. Huh. I mean, well, I mean, if it's I Spy, I wouldn't be able to clip. <laughs> but I remember watching that scene and thinking it was hilarious. Um, but he's definitely one of those artists I was exposed to in childhood without really understanding his significance as, you know, yeah. like a huge, just icon. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, I, I didn't pick Brian Wilson and Marvin Gaye because I think I sound like them. I just sure. think that they're, like, both, like... They, they both have been like a lifelong inspiration, I guess, mm-hmm. for me, singing wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, well, they're two of just the most beautiful yeah. voices with the most range. I mean, I think Marvin Gaye, he can sing in four different octaves or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Really? That seems like a lot to me. I'm no expert, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's a, that's a pretty big range. That's is it possible? <laughs> is it possible to sing in four Probably. octaves? Probably. Then I think he can do it. Let me see. I, also, I took notes. I, I yeah, was close to choosing Freddie Mercury too. Yeah. Oh yeah. And he, I think he also can, the can do that. Old, can do that kind of stuff, you know. Big old range. <laughs> 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 Sorry, but, that was weird. I don't know what that was. <laughs> but he does his his range is nuts. Marvin Gaye is too. Yeah. So, but Marvin Gaye like. Um, I feel like, well, what the album "What's Going On" is really cool because it's like, I feel I feel like 
because it, it's like a concept album, you know. It's like, but it's like a soul mm-hmm. concept album, which mm-hmm. is pretty cool, right? You know, and it's kind of him breaking with his Motown roots, yeah, yeah, and saying I'm gonna do something that's political and artistic yeah, and yeah, concept totally. album, like you say. I'm stupid for never really thinking of this, but last night it was like very clear. It was set, came on like 1970 or something. 1971. Yeah, yeah. So Vietnam still very much going yeah. on. Obviously, all that the turmoil. Yeah, all the turmoil of the Racial late 60s. Black so power movement. I wanted to... Very, uh... I wrote down some lyrics I wanted to uh, talk oh, yeah. about a little bit um, from the title track. And it just kind of is... It's just a little sad that, you know, these things he was singing about in 71. It's pretty pretty relevant, relevant yeah, today. So he goes... Yeah. Um, you know, 50 war. years. Is it 50 years old now? No. Yeah. Is it? This year it'll be 50 Whoa. years old. Oh, God. God, that's crazy. Pretty 50 nuts. years and nothing has changed. So the lyric, Father, we don't need to escalate. I'm assuming he's talking, you know, Vietnam maybe. War is not the answer. You know we've got to find a way to bring some loving here today. Picket lines and picket signs. Don't punish me with brutality. Mm-hmm. Talk to me. You know? <laughs> Show me you can see. Yeah. You know, and it's like these fucking... These white people, these Republicans, you know, fucking... <laughs> I didn't want to get political, but it's... You know, the people who hate, who are anti-Black Lives Matter are, like, the, the most fucking mind-boggling people to me. Yeah. That they see that, and they immediately want to find a reason not to support it. You know, that whatever is conspir- conspiracy theory, or, you know, that they're, you know, destroying the cities, or whatever... Mm-hmm. Whatever bullshit. But it's just sad what Marvin was singing about 50 fucking years ago. Our country is still just right We're having the same conversation. Same fucking problem. But I do think, you know, this album, What's Going On, is very relevant to our I mean, yeah. current moment. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think a bit of a context of what's what's going on is he definitely, I think Marvin Gaye wrote it, definitely, as we said, kind of wanting to break with Motown. And I think um, the Motown record executive, mm. is it? Barry Gordy. Barry Gordy. He didn't want this out, this, the song, What's Going On, to come out as a single because it was too political and he thought yeah. it was going to alienate you know, the pop audiences and would kind of tarnish Marvin Gaye's status as a sex symbol if he starts mm. like, you know, going into politics. And so Marvin Gaye, I think he went on, I mean, I don't know if he'd actually call it strike, but he said, I'm not going to be working with you until you release this this yeah. single and eventually i think they just got desperate for a single and they're like okay yeah. we're gonna release this song and then i think it went to number one yeah i think so yeah um yeah i mean <laughs> it's just yeah i mean because he you know he in the motown days it was all just like love songs pretty much pop yeah. songs and mm-hmm. um but that was like groundbreaking for him i think uh and there's another album that just came out like a year or two ago mm. that Aria actually bought for me on vinyl. Sick. It's, it's called, uh, I think it's called Who's the Man or something, something like that. But it's right. it's kind of like a, it's almost like What's Going On Part 2. Like mm-hmm. it was all these songs that never got released. Right. From that same time period that yeah. were like, they same thing, like they, they didn't want them to release it because they were they were mm-hmm. fearful that it would be too political or whatever. Yeah. But I mean, what's going on is now 
regarded as like one of the best albums of all time easily yeah. like top five probably universally you know? recognized as one of the yeah. best albums of all time both these both these artists we're talking about mm. you know have albums that are like pet sounds and yeah. what's going on are like easily usually in like top five yeah. lists yeah. of best albums ever made mm-hmm. you know you know they're both deserving of it um so with marvin um do you have a favorite song favorite song yeah. um i've always really liked mercy mercy me mm-hmm. which is on that album right um it's just kind of another one of those um it's another one of those songs like there's a lyric um you know fish full of mercury you know i mean mm-hmm. i don't know how how much you listen to it but right just it, he's just kind of pointing towards like things that are environmental yeah Yeah, that's what i was thinking of when i was re-listening to it in preparation for this conversation is there's the song where he's singing about saving the children is it called save the children and he says yeah something about how the world is dying and it's like you know well i just watched an interview with marvin gay like it was the interview was in like 1983 Mm -hmm. um so it was a little while after Mm -hmm. what's going on came out but he he talks about how he struggled a lot with like depression and stuff and it his his the source of his depression comes from like the state of the world like i think he was a very very like sensitive man that mm-hmm. kind of like absorbed everything like right yeah yeah like and that's kind of what that album is about it's like all these different kind of topics like political mm-hmm. you know uh, uh-huh. environmental personal uh, spiritual yeah yeah very yeah. spiritual too you know like he just Man. he kind of he just seems like he absorbs everything and then he he lets these outside things get yeah. the best of him right you know and i think that's kind of apparent in that album you know mm-hmm. yeah it's like these things were very affecting him yeah on a personal level all right. Can you Mind get... if I grab one of those? Oh, perfect! Look at that. I got you two read for you right there. And you can have one of these, or if you want to. Trade oh yeah. These guys. Do you want to trade? It. Um. Yeah, I'll grab you one. Hang on. We're a swapping beers here. <laughs> I'm drinking, or I brought over some uh, Freem mm. hazy IPAs. Oh, it looks like. Uh, yeah, I've never had it, but it's really good. And oh, then, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, Andre and I, a couple years ago, we went to their brewery in Hood River. Mm-hmm. Oh, is it? Uh, Freem. Oh, the Freem. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I've never been to the Freem Brewery. Um, I've been to Full Sail in Hood River. I think oh, that was cool. the only one I've been to. Nice. How was that? Good. Yeah. They have pretty good food. I haven't too. drank too much of Full Sail. I haven't either. You had like session beer. Yeah. That's probably like their most popular. Oh, really? That's oh, them. Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty I sure. Yeah. Yeah, I like that beer. Yeah. Someone um. um you know, Slender Gems, obviously, yeah, yeah. and Ben yeah. Bilotti, your guitar player, plays in that band. Um, I played with them one night at that Growler place. Did you ever play there? It was on so. Hawthorne. It got shut down pretty quickly, but um, their, their bass player and I were ordering a beer, and he just, he's like, I ordered a session. He's like, well, you know what they call them sessions. And I was like, no, why? And he's like, because you're supposed to drink several in one session. <laughs> Which I, I don't know if that's true or not, but I. I mean, I'm pretty sure they're pretty low alcohol content. Right? Yeah, because they're, that that's a place what you say. He's like, uh, let's have a session. Yeah, <laughs> you're having a session. I think we're gonna have a, a like probably seven, seven. <laughs> yeah, they only come in like twelve packs at least. So, so if, 
Malcolm from Slender Gems ever listens to this, I appreciate that. Didn't think about it often. Malcolm, we're yeah. we're overdue for a session. Yeah, let's have a session sometime. <laughs> you and I. Okay. But I actually, while I was uh, in the bathroom urinating, I uh, I thought of a kind of a funny story related to Marvin Gaye. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome. So. Uh, We've we've sung karaoke many yes. many times together. Many many, um, many a time. Big big fan of karaoke. Big big karaoke guys. And uh, first the first time I went to Europe, I was like eighteen, and I I went with my sister. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think she was already there because she was like studying over there. But I met her over there, and we went to Liverpool. Oh, neat. Nice. For like one night because mm-hmm. we were in England uh-huh. and. I just remembered I was 18 and I you can't drink in the states obviously when you're 18 and so I was just like having the time of my life <laughs> just like not even getting carded or anything. Yeah. But mm-hmm. uh I had this one night in Liverpool where we went into it was like a Sunday night and we went into this bar and it was just like packed on mm-hmm. a Sunday night and it was all like middle-aged people like pro- mm-hmm. everyone everyone in there was probably at least like 50 years old. Mm-hmm. And they're doing karaoke and i i just decided to sing let's get it on by marvin gay <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and i mean i was pretty wasted from what i remember but uh, <laughs> or from what i don't remember maybe yeah. but i sang it and and we just like i got super into it just because it was like liverpool like no one knew who i was and yeah and then, like i just remember afterwards like there was at least like three women like middle-aged women they just gave me a hug afterwards it, I don't know, it was a pretty Dude, that's it was a pretty memorable that's pretty experience. cool <laughs> did people seem fun. to be into it did you no yeah it? yeah people were people were dancing people were like i remember like. people like yelling like cheering me on and stuff it was, it was cool it's a bold move <laughs> yeah. yeah i also have a memory of let's get it on where i was i got into an uber and we were kind of driving in silence for a little bit, and then the cab driver or the Uber driver just puts "Let's Get It On" oh, on. It's kind of like it was like an intentional choice, you know. It's not like it came on on Spotify or something. It was there silent, was silence, and, and then, then he goes, he... "Let's Get saying It On." Anything? <laughs> saying anything. Wow. And so we're kind of, you know, it's like "Let's Get It On." It's a good song. I, you know. Yeah. I'm not gonna complain, but then we're just driving in silence. Yeah, that's listening that's to "Let's Get bit, It On." Then the middle, he, the middle, he turns it down and says. Is this making you uncomfortable? Oh, <laughs> why do you have to ask that? Yeah, <laughs> I was yes. like, um, please stop. I, <laughs> well, no, I said no. It's okay. I like this song, you know, because I have to appease. Yeah, it's my natural impulse to appease, and so then he just turns back on. Just <laughs> I'm listening to yeah. "Let's Get It On" with a random Uber driver. That's... But um, yeah. you know, it's it's. I mean, it's a. If you're not thinking about what the song's about, it's a enjoyable. I mean, exactly. it's enjoyable either way, obviously. Oh, God, but yeah, you exactly. Know. That's yeah. the thing. Is like, I'm but not. It's I'm like actually a really not. Good song, I'm enjoying yeah. the song. Yeah. But it's then weird. if I think about it too much, it's weird that you know. I feel like if right there now. is an anthem for like sex, mm-hmm. it would be that it's song that. or sexual healing. Yeah, which like, are both by the yeah. same person. It's like Marvin has <laughs> cornered the gay. Blooded <laughs> <laughs> that out. I don't know why I said gay. Cornered the, <laughs> the sex market. <laughs> yeah. No, he has. Uh, but yeah. Um. And I think, I mean, I think this kind of tension between, you know, sensuality and sex, like, 
having kind of really sexy songs. Yeah. And then also kind of having these spiritual yeah. gospel songs as a theme throughout his career because, um, you know, his dad was a minister. Mm-hmm. He grew up in a very, I think he grew up in like a Pentecostal. Yeah. Um, the Pentecostal church and grew up, you know, he his start as a singer was singing in choirs, church choirs. And so I think he, you know, was always torn between spirituality and sensuality and yeah. You know, he, he's kind of this like sex symbol and he has all these really, um, you know, these sensual, sexy songs, but he also has these roots. That yeah. I think he was all, he was uh, always, you know, kind of a fighting against conflict there. Yeah. yeah. Do you think he was like, um, you know, a lot of people who are really religious, they, they're fearful of their desires, you know, because they're going to go to hell. I don't, I don't, I I can't say how much, you know, he actually really believed. I mean, I think if you get down to it, it's probably a lot of issues with his father. Yeah. Well, I mean, he couldn't have been too fearful of his desires. He probably wouldn't have come out with let's get it on or something. Yeah. That's a good point. point. (laughs) But no, I mean, I like, yeah, because I know he was, he himself was very religious and Mm. spiritual. Like if Mm -hmm. you listen to him in interviews, he talks about how he's like a very strong believer in god and he's like a very faithful was he a man. jesus guy was he into into jc or was he <laughs> i mean religion? i probably yeah i think so yeah but um jesus, jesus is just all right with me <laughs> is that a doobie brothers reference it's a doobie <laughs> sorry about that michael continue. mcdonald also amazing singer yeah. although i don't think he's saying that song you, you isn't that a bird good. song originally is it oh i have no fucking idea. yeah i think it <laughs> so. i think it might be actually <laughs> Um, you do a great Michael McDonald karaoke too. Mm. What a fool believes. Or, no, what's that one called? Is it What a Fool yeah, Believes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love that song. It's so good. Yeah, it's so good. I listened to that last week. I think. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's that's a good one. You know another song? I don't know. You ever listened to Chicago? I mean, I I, I, familiar? I have. I'm familiar. <laughs> they with have that song. If you those. leave me now, you take away the biggest part of me. Oh, I think you, I know that. Baby, yeah. please don't go. <laughs> you should check it out after this. Okay. It's, it's actually, like, I don't like Chicago. I think they're cheesy as fuck, but that yeah. song is good. I like It's Hard to Say I'm Sorry by Chicago. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sing a few bars. Mm, no. Sing a few wait, bars. Wait, what's Kerner's the Elton John song that's, that's, that has a similar title? Wait, wait, wait what was the song? It's Hard to sorry, Say I'm Sorry. seems to be the hardest word mm, or something. Oh, yeah. okay. It's a different, different song, but, <laughs> but yeah. Um, back to Marvin. Back, back on to, track. Back to <laughs> soundtrack here. Yeah. Well, he just, you know, I mean, it, he brings it. I think Marvin, you know, he has a very. He has a bit of a tortured life, you know? He yeah. Was, yeah totally. His father abused him. He was physically abused mm-hmm. as a child. He grew up in a very, you know, religious environment. He kind of dropped out of school when he was young, left, joined the Air Force. And then. Obviously, his father killed him. Wait, is it his brother? It was his father? His father shot him, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. See, that's so stupid that but I his, didn't know that. That was his brother. His dad was a very troubled man, too, I think. Yeah. Even though he was, like, a, a minister and stuff. Like, yeah. I think he was... His his father was also very troubled. Yeah. And that probably passed on to Marvin. And then mm-hmm. seems like, like, throughout Marvin Gaye's life, he was... He still held the same like values and beliefs and stuff but he also like seemed like he he was 
constantly conflicted of like wanting to break free and and like you know saying about sex and all this other Mm -hmm. stuff and you know he was obviously like a sexual Mm -hmm. sex symbol icon you know right but he also was very like spiritual religious very deep deeply emotional man too Mm -hmm. i don't know it's kind of an interesting you hear all that in his voice and it yeah and obviously this is a singing pod and it comes out you know it comes mm-hmm. out in his yeah voice, like so. all that shit that you were saying it's yeah like, you can hear a, it in his vocals you know complicated person complicated or just man a, yeah you know fully he's feeling he's feeling it all and what i yeah. was what i learned about him when i i don't know how much you know about this dakota because i don't really know much about this but that he marvin gay when i was reading about him that he didn't really see himself as like a natural performer Mm. Um, that like performing kind of made him nervous or at least like he really didn't like to dance and in kind of this Motown circuit he was forced to like dance to keep up with you know you know dancing obviously you have to dance on stage as part of your performance and he could never really do he was never really he was not a natural dancer I think (laughs) I read some quote that he danced like a white man is what I (laughs) I think a lot of the people in Motown said about him and he really did just see himself as a singer yeah, he, he wanted his voice to be enough. You don't gotta dance when totally. you sing like that guy. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, yeah. and you know what's funny is I d- literally didn't even make this connection at all until just now. But both Marvin Gaye and Brian Wilson both had very like troubled pasts yeah. and troubled childhoods and upbringings. Yeah, it's kind of kind of interesting. They, they both have this ability to capture so much emotion in their voices Mm -hmm. and another person that comes to mind is john lennon yeah Yeah. maybe even more so than both of them like my god he had a very troubled past too but and you know just so much emotion in that guy's voice and that one the one album where he just screams a lot oh and his first plastic ono band yeah Yeah. he just he's just like "Ah!" yeah yeah. him and yoko were really into primal screaming yeah. I don't quite get what primal screaming is, but you it was like it a spiritual out. thing yeah. that they would do. Mm-hmm. Well, the so Andre Andre's fact checking what exactly primal scream is that what you're Well, doing? primal therapy is what mm. what John Lennon went through when he was writing those songs on on Plastic on a Band. There was like yeah. a famous psychologist he went to go see, and it was all about like con- connecting with your past or like your childhood experiences and just like. Yeah, yeah. There it, it right is. Here. There it is. You can't see it. Folks at home, you don't see what I'm holding up. I got a vinyl copy of Plastic Ono Band right here. <laughs> Hell of a record. Highly recommended. Oh, yeah. Look, there's even a there's a photo. I've never even seen that before. There's a photo of him as a child. Oh, yeah, as a child on, the, on, the, on back. the back. Because it was all about, um, what's that? This guy. Milk oh, and yeah. Honey. There it is. You like this one. You did that yeah. song. You did, um, Love is Real. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That well, that's on Plastic Ono Band. Oh, it is. I get yeah. confused. Sorry about yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that whole album was kind of like him, conf- like kind of accepting his like childhood, I guess. Yeah, this know? is so. Andre looked up what Primal Scream Therapy is. Can you read it, Andre? Primal Scream Therapy is a form of psychotherapy in which the patient recalls and reenacts a particularly disturbing past experience, usually occurring early in life. And expresses normally repressed anger or frustration, especially through the spontaneous and unrealistic screams, hysteria, unrestrained screams, hysteria, or yeah. violence. Wow. I mean, this the first. I think it's the first song on that album, Mother. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. you know, 
like the end of that song he's just like screaming you know Mm -hmm. he's just like getting it out you know yeah mother is one of my faves that's a great song yeah um you had me but i didn't have you isn't that the lyric yeah that's a good one so his mom wasn't around much yeah yeah she like like, kind of well his both his parents abandoned him basically when he was like three or four. Oh really yeah. So he was he was raised by like his aunt. His aunt. And mm-hmm. then like his he was raised by his aunt and then like his mom came back into his life kind of randomly, I guess, when he was like 17 or something and then she got hit by a car and was killed like right Whoa. as they were starting to like build their relationship. Yeah. So it's a damn shame. Tough tough. And then he never really had a relationship with his dad either, I don't think. Right. So. I wonder if but, yeah. his dad ever showed back up once he got really famous. He did, yeah. He that did. Sense of, that tends to that. happen, I feel yeah. like. You know? Yeah. I've heard the same thing with Oasis. Their dad was very abusive, and then, oh, he, really? and then he came back when, you know, they were really famous. Hmm. I was like, hey, he wanted to come to the show. How's your yeah. relationship with your dad, Dakota? <laughs> it's, it's better than that. It's, <laughs> it seems like My dad having... comes to all my shows. <laughs> seems like having daddy issues might be the key to... Yeah. <laughs> Musical success. Maybe. If that's the theme well, of the episode. You should alienate your fathers in order to. Yeah. They will become yeah. better singers. Like Dakota and I both have pretty solid father figures. Yeah. <laughs> I love you, Dad, if yeah. you're listening. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, but, you know, having a tough relationship with your dad, I think Marvin Gaye is about as kind of. That's as bad as it gets. Well, Brian Wilson, too. Brian Wilson's dad. I mean, I'm pretty sure Brian Wilson is deaf in one ear from his dad hitting him in the head with a two-by-four or something crazy like that when when he was young. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, he talks about that in interviews, how his dad used to just, like, beat the shit out of them as when they were kids, you know? It's pretty, pretty crazy. Yeah. But parenting used to be fucking crazy. Yeah. I think people still, obviously, there's still, in- there's still instances some... of that. Oh, yeah. But uh, luckily, I don't think it's as well, relevant. Spawned a lot of great musicians. Not to excuse <laughs> it, but... Uh, yeah, what what's a what's an acceptable way to scare your kids into yeah, yeah. being better <laughs> singers? <laughs> Musical icons. Well, I was always we were talking about this the other day. Even though I do have a good relationship with my dad, I definitely was afraid of him. You know, yeah. There's like when you're a kid, you are kind of afraid of your parents. Yeah, it's kind of weird. I don't know if that. I know what you mean. If you were a parent. Do you, do you want to be a father? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, one day, do you want to? Do you want your child to be afraid of you? No. You don't want that. But I feel you know it happens. Do you think? But I don't think my dad wanted it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, well, because you have to like discipline your kids exactly. in some ways, you know, and maybe. <laughs> this is like tra- slowly transitioning into like a parenting <laughs> podcast. None of us are parents, <laughs> yeah, by no. the way. None of us are parents. <laughs> no, this is good stuff. Yeah, but no, I mean, like, you want to discipline your children in some way, but <laughs> I feel like I can't even. It's hard to. Answer I can't it. even answer this. It's just hard. How how are you gonna make your child not a little shit yeah. without them being afraid of you in a little? Yeah. Bit? <laughs> in a little way 
Yeah. <clears throat> like, I remember one time my mom, like, I did bad on a math quiz or something. She, she goes, I can't even look at you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was like, holy fuck. What a Damn. brutal thing to say to someone. Like I, I got like a D on a fucking algebra quiz, and she's like, I "How old are you?" I was like fourteen. Oh, okay. I mean, I was a little fucker, <laughs> I'm sure. But I think that's funny. Dang. Parenting is hard, I would imagine, <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't, um, you know, excuse what parents like yeah. John Lennon's parents or dad, I guess, did. It's I mean, really they, good artist, man. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the perpetual, you know, conundrum, just suffering may, you know, do you have to suffer to be a good artist? But I don't know. What do you think? Personally, I, I mean, I don't know if I agree with that completely. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think you have to suffer to be a good artist. Yeah, I don't either. I kind of resent that idea, but. Yeah. But I would much rather live like a happy, like peaceful life, you Mm -hmm. know, and be like maybe not as good of an artist like I'd, right. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to go through what Marvin Gaye went through or mm-hmm. John Lennon or Brian Wilson just to be able to like make yeah. good music because I mean they struggled their entire lives like, I think it's right. a very mature I outlook want that, well and there's so much suffering know? in the world you can't say the suffering is what draws yeah art. I mean there's so many people who've gone through what all of these artists went through and worse and don't become great artists for a variety of reasons but yeah. you know you have to believe there's some there's something else that's not just, you know, them coming from really rough backgrounds that's driving their, well, their you, artistic greatness. Yeah, I mean, you, you you have to wonder, like, if they didn't have those experiences, they clearly, either way, would have been gifted musically, you know, but mm-hmm. it, to what extent would they be as, yeah. um, you know, creative or, like, mm-hmm. as as good, I guess. You have as, to drive. Well, we wouldn't have right. gone in Mother by John well, Lennon. And yeah. no, this reminds me, I think I was reading it when I was reading about Marvin Gaye to prepare for this. I don't think Marvin Gaye's father saw him perform live until like 1972 or something. Yeah. And Marvin Gaye said so it was well the after only, Motown. Yeah, uh, he'd been performing for years and years and yeah. years. <clears throat> you know, had number one hits. And his father finally, you know, goes to see him and Marvin Gaye had said something like, it was the only time I've ever felt like I made my dad proud. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's. I mean, that must have been tough. Like my my dad has been to like every one of my shows, even. Like, and he's like stoked about it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's like sending videos of it to all his friends. Yeah, and stuff. I no, think that's great. I love seeing shit like that. Like, yeah. I love spotting the dad at the show. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, sorry. Continue. So you guys, no, do you guys it's... like having your dads there? Does it make you feel? Because I feel like I, I'm not a performer. I'm not. I'm not a performer of this. You know. It, Charlie is the performer of the co-hosting mm-hmm. duo. Um, but I feel like having a parent there would make me feel very insecure mm-hmm. rather than, like, make me feel comforted. Yeah, the, what do you think? That Yeah, that's a, I've thought about this a little bit, I yeah. think. Are um, you ever like, I kind of wish my dad wasn't here right now? Because you can be whoever you want to be, whereas if your parents yeah, the audience, you kind of have to be who your dad a... thinks you are. Yeah, there's definitely a little bit of pressure. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. oh, my parents are here. Like, you have to, you have to like be on your best behavior, kind of thing. <laughs> you know, like, but I don't know. Like, I I feel like once you when you're when you're playing the music and stuff, but you don't really think about that. Or at least I don't. Yeah, it's hard much. to be like it's, in the middle of a song. Yeah, like, thinking about oh, fuck, my dad's here. Dad. Like, 
No, but I, I think it's more about like those in between moments where you're kind of showing more of your personality. Mm-hmm. Like when you're talking to like the in between songs. Yeah, type yeah. Thing? yeah. It's that like, can be a little weird. I, I sometimes feel a little. I mean, I feel awkward anyways yeah. in those moments. But, yeah, dude. <laughs> uh, I think there's like even more pressure when your parents are like watching you it's cause, i don't know no yeah you have to you like you really watch what you say kind yeah of you don't want to get too crazy yeah <laughs> not that i would say anything bad anyways <laughs> yeah dakota's gonna be shouting I mean, a I'm bunch not... of slurs <laughs> and... <laughs> i don't know Biden heads off crow <laughs> yeah you have makeup on when your dad doesn't well, you're... come see you <laughs> <laughs> you're in all leather yeah <laughs> Ben has cat. He has the cat marks on the, you know. Kiss. Yeah. I'm going for like a the kiss. kiss. Thing. You guys are basically just kiss when. Maybe we should. That's like that's gonna be our new look for 2021. No, I but did. like you're you're you have different. Your personality is different, I think, with your friends than with your parents. You know, like. Oh yeah. You show different sides of yourself to your friends. So when like you know that you're, when your mom or dad is are watching you, it's like. Mm-hmm. It's like only a certain aspect of your personality is going to come out or something. Yeah, you're balancing, you know, the performing for your parents, performing yeah. for your friends, and also performing for just the audience mm-hmm. as a, you know, mass that you don't really know, yeah, you know? Yeah, So it's interesting as a performer, like, having to balance all these different um, conceptions of who's watching you. Yeah, it's a whole nother experience, mm. really, because you're, you're not... I mean, like you said, there's people that you don't know. There's your parents and family, and then there's your friends. And so it's like a weird mixture of um, people that you're interacting with. So it's like, and you're interacting with them all at once, too. So it's like, I don't know. How do you mediate it all? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Like, viewing shows as a performer, I don't want to be like, people who don't perform don't get it, but it is like... You're, like, fucking balancing so many things when you're, like, mm-hmm. playing a show and you got a bunch of friends coming. Yeah. Family maybe coming. You want to all talk to them, but you also are, like, fucking thinking about, I also got to play music in front yeah. of all of you. And it's just, like, a weird balancing act yeah. a lot of the and time. And you've been doing it a lot longer than I have. I mean... But it never... I don't feel like I'm <laughs> more accustomed yeah. to it. You know what I mean? Like, it's always weird and... It's hard to hard to navigate sometimes. Yeah. yeah. But obviously, generally, all our friends and family are pretty decent. Yeah, I mean, so. it's never... I've never really had, like, a terrible experience or yeah. moment of just, like, extreme horrible awkwardness or something. But, like, it is weird, like, mm-hmm. trying to interact with all these people that are a part of your life, that but that you would normally, like... Mm-hmm. interact with the same way necessarily exactly. i guess i don't know yeah <laughs> so but anyways but, that's a whole tangent yeah i mean but no no i think Relevant. it's good to talk about because it's a performing aspect of it and i am interested in how other people think about this yeah there is a whole thing and there's an element where you're like fuck like they all came to see me you know? yeah and you're like that's so fucking nice of you to do yeah yeah and it, you want to touch base with them. Yeah. And I always feel guilty after a show, like, when you want to just, like, talk to everyone that came to support mm-hmm. you and you want to, like, thank them and catch up and talk to them, but it's just impossible. Like, you can't, 
you can't talk to everybody that came like no you know and there's so many things like you have to do when you're playing a show it's like okay i gotta get there i gotta set up all my shit i gotta if you have merch you gotta set up your merch you have to have to someone watch the merch you know there's just so many moving pieces that are hard to stressful yeah it's like a little stressful and then you finish your set you want to talk to everyone yeah but then you gotta maybe you need to talk to the booker figure out if you're getting paid all this bullshit you know it's like (laughs) it's not always like a fucking party night you know when you're playing a show sometimes it's like kind of you're serious the whole time yeah and then after you have to deal with all your gear and getting it somewhere safely mm-hmm. and then you know all your friends are like oh come to this bar yeah or whatever. of course there's like, like i'll have to bar. take all my gear somewhere like you're like i can't just like go to a bar leave this out yeah i can't leave this in my car like i remember that one time you played bunk and we went to elvis room after yeah but it was like a whole thing because like you me ben and maybe one other person went to Ben's house. Mm-hmm. We had to drop off all the shit before we met up with everyone at the bar, you know? And by the time we got there, they, I mean, it was still fun, but they were already there, you know, like drinking and shit. Yeah. And yeah, the gear thing. It's always, you know, you're like, fuck, what do I, what do, I do with all this, this shit? Yeah. Yeah, we'd always just take it to Ben's house. Usually Luckily. We would do. He, didn't, he doesn't live too far from most places. Yeah, a lot of the places... Like, Benlo's pretty centrally located, I'd say, in southeast, so it's, like, pretty, mm-hmm. pretty, he lives in the Hollywood, he lives pretty mm-hmm. close to us, so. Yeah, not too far. How's Ben doing? I haven't, I'm, okay. obviously haven't seen him. <laughs> I haven't seen him in a couple of weeks, um, but, yeah, he's, he's working at the Portland Outdoor Store. He's and, still doing, he's yeah. been there for a while now, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. And Alex is good. Yeah. Bass, bassist. Working at, uh. What's Alex's last name again? Werner. Werner. Alex Werner, bassist. Ben Bellotti on, on guitar and ben Alex Bellotti. Werner on the bass. Yep. <laughs> Great guys. I'll say I'll yeah. say this much. I don't it's rare that I make like real legit friends in Portland, mm-hmm. but I would consider them both real yeah. friends. Like they're both really cool and Yeah, they're both very genuine. Easy fun, to get along with, you know. People. Yeah, easy, no bullshit. Easy. Yeah. So do no, you guys have no any BS. um any plans for 2021 yeah, musically totally. Let's hear or are you kind of just seeing what happens since we're kind of all uncertain as yeah. to when life is going to return to normal well i just heard a couple of days ago that uh dr fauci said that they're they're thinking or they're kind of projecting that shows will be able to happen again starting this fall okay. i don't know if you oh, heard wow. about that or not but... i feel like i did i did see something like that yeah yeah so when i heard that i was kind of like okay like Mm-hmm. if we're going to be able to play shows this year again, like you should probably start thinking about like practicing and stuff. Cause I've written a bunch of new songs okay, that I'd like cool. to perform and mm-hmm. stuff. And mm-hmm. we haven't really practiced them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now you got to um, think about, yeah, I know. Isn't that yeah. funny? You like, we're probably gonna be so rusty. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Know. What, like, yeah. Have you, have you practiced at all with your band? I mean, you've done like some live streams. We did the, stuff. we did the cover set yeah. live stream. So we practiced, we were practicing quite a bit for that, but yeah. then, I mean, things just kept getting bad, mm-hmm. coronavirus-wise, and, you know, getting in a small room with, you know, four guys, yeah. or three guys, or whatever is. But yeah, yeah, so we didn't, we haven't practiced that much. We have not practiced, we're going to start practicing soon, we're gearing up for the album coming out soon, and 
yeah, yeah. What, what's your plan with that well we're doing a whole I mean the plan is for Arya to put it out on Sound Judgment oh nice um, I haven't talked to Arya in a little bit about the, I mean it's that's what's gonna happen but yeah yeah I mean we're trying to do like a press campaign for it so that's like a two month thing you plan you know I'm, we're planning out in advance do you have like an agency you're going through yeah so we did it with the guy for the last album um who worked with this place called grandstand but he okay. he left grandstand and now is doing his own thing and i um, mean he did a good job last time so i'm hoping he can you know do good <laughs> stuff again yeah. i don't know but yeah i definitely you know want to want to practice it's just like finding out the best way to go about it i guess uh-huh my i trust my bandmates so they're really safe and i know you you see your bandmates and they're all being safe too so yeah. it makes sense to do it it just you know yeah yeah you know it's weird it's a weird time to figure out how to do music stuff and that one thing i was actually super curious asking you about is how like creatively how productive have you been this this past year with mm. making new song writing new songs recording any anything like that yeah i mean i was trying to be productive early on you know mm-hmm. and it was like i was doing gonna try and do this thing where i would re- like write a song really quick and record it just on like garage band and release it covid tapes yeah it's just like, like my fucking covid just tapes like rough, <laughs> kind of yeah just like yeah, yeah. not overthink it and just do yeah. it and I, I did a couple there's a couple of band camp songs up that i'm that i really like but then you know george floyd was murdered and yeah. then like yeah, all the <laughs> other people were murdered and yeah it just doesn't make sense to keep doing yeah, that the but election yeah the election i don't know i've yeah. been writing but it hasn't been as fruitful as like you know it should have been considering I've been home this whole yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. What well, about what about you? <laughs> yeah, I, I I feel the same way. I I mean I've definitely like written, I've written a bunch of songs. And yeah. Some of them not so great, mm-hmm. but um, some of them I'm really stoked about. But uh, right. Yeah, I mean I I feel like I feel like I could have been more productive, mm-hmm. but just you know it when you're just like home all the time and there's nothing but just like bad news happening constantly it's it's really hard to like be motivated or feel inspired to like Mm -hmm. make something Mm -hmm. you know but you guys have been doing a little bit of recording right yeah yeah we've been we've been recording the last few months so where uh, are you doing that yourself again or yeah you're doing it all yourself yeah and i've i've uh definitely uh invested in like i I bought a few new microphones and like some new gear and stuff so it it definitely like sounds better that's awesome first record so um it's exciting so are you feeling optimistic about music goals for 2021 or kind of taking it day by day and seeing what happens it's weird like some days i feel super optimistic like oh i come like i feel inspired like oh i have all these songs like i feel so good about where things are going like Mm -hmm. and then other days i'm just like god i i feel horrible about where i'm going you know like I feel like mm-hmm. a loser, you know, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, it's weird, it's like, it just changes I feel you. so much, you know? Yeah, I feel you too, but I mean, <laughs> hopefully maybe, I think what I'm hearing a lot from what we're saying is a lot of, we have a lot of anxiety as artists about how much we're producing, you know, like, yeah. I'm not writing oh, yeah. enough, I I'm have, not producing enough. I struggle with that every single day. Yeah, I mean, me too, much. it's a deep, 
deep anxiety of mine. I, mean, yeah. I believe you can call it production anxiety. It's this very like capitalist uh, mindset. Yeah. Unless, unless I'm getting shit done all day, every day, being as productive as I possibly can, I'm failing. And maybe, you know, artists can take away something from COVID that like sometimes you're not going to be as productive as you want yeah. to be. And you can just make peace with that. Yeah, it's it's so hard to do that, though, you know? Especially when you don't have any other pressures to, like, go out in the world and be social or, you know, work Mm -hmm. a regular 9-to-5 job. It seems like, you know, I should be creating more than ever. Yeah. Mm -mm. Yeah, I guess that's the anxiety. It's like, I should have, like, four albums, considering I haven't done shit, but... Well, then you see, like... Like Taylor Swift has put out like two albums or something. It's like, yeah, she dropped one, and she was like, oh, there's another one. I got a whole other one. And I think there was someone else. Um, I don't, I don't really know this person, but you know that Damien Hurado guy. Oh yeah, totally. We saw him play actually. We but did. Yeah. I don't really like know his music <laughs> at all, really. But I, I, I think I saw something that he like. It's it was like early on in corn or like mm-hmm. in COVID too. It was like maybe within like three months. There was like a headline on Pitchfork or something like that. It was like, Damien Hirado has written three albums during Jesus Christ quarantine. It's like three albums. Like <laughs> it's probably not that good. It's what have you been doing? <laughs> how do you, you, how do you pull it off? Damien Gerardo actually. Max. Is it Gerardo? Damien. Gerardo? Actually, you might be right. I don't know, but um. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I saw him play once. I don't really know his music. I'm sure it's good, but it is pretty good. It's like folk. Yeah. acoustic-y stuff. Um, I just don't understand how people can just crank stuff out that quick, you know? Yeah, it's like they're just, like, fucking... I take a long time to mm-hmm. create stuff. You, you let know? it gestate. You let it mature. You let it marinate. Yeah. You <laughs> marinate. You let it seep into the seep into the fibers. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta let it... Gotta let it marinate. Let it breathe. Let it breathe. Yeah. Well, I'm very excited... To see what happens next with the Dakota theme uh, band. And Thank you. And sure likewise for you and your band as well. Yeah. And I'm sure we'll both climb to the top and dominate, <laughs> dominate Let's hope, the rock you know, scene. <laughs> we all have a kind of post-COVID roaring 20s to look forward to. Yeah. Lots of great music, cultural revolution, artistic revolution, and we can all just... There's a lot of parallels between now and back in the yeah. original Roaring Twenties, aren't there? Yeah. And well, maybe New Wop will be the next jazz. There yeah, we go. Yeah. New Wop revolution. See, Andre doesn't say much, yeah. but when he comes in, <laughs> he says uh, what counts. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for thank joining us. Thank you for being here, Dakota. Yeah. Do you want to play My a song? Pleasure. Uh, yeah, why not? I would personally like you to. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Hello. My name is Dakota Theme, and I'm going to play a song called Come Home to Me. One, two, three, four.
Thank you for having me.